Welcome back to the Deep End Podcast. I'm your host, I'm your host, Sam. And today we have James Skinner joining us. James is an accredited coach, process psychotherapist, in training and facilitator. James has always been fascinated by the inner workings of the human psyche and is passionate about helping others to find their authentic selves. He founded and co-facilitated or co-facilitates the Shameless Self-Pleasure Course, an online workshop that helps participants to connect with their own sexuality and pleasure in a safe, shame-free space. He brings a wealth of insight, intuition, and compassion to his work. He is passionate about empowering others to follow their own unique path in life. And there's a massive part of me that just wants to break out laughing right now because what happened right before this call is we were talking about truth and authenticity and like I have stumbled over my words, but I hope the listeners today get a, a juicy little insight on who I'm about to have a conversation with. So thank you so much for joining me, James. Really appreciate you. No worries. I really appreciate the um, <clears throat> the jumping over words because it gives me permission. <laughs> means I don't have to be perfect or say all the right things that's great no my hands are sweating so much right now <laughs> <laughs> um but I'm not editing it and leaving it as it is so thank you um yeah well let's jump straight in my first question to you is tell me about what inspired you to do the work that you do oh I mean <laughs> this is probably sounds like a, a real cliche thing but what really inspired me was um kind of going through challenges myself you know like I, I didn't really grow up with many healthy uh, role models I was about to say male role models then as well um, but the more that I've kind of that was very that was definitely something I really clung on to not having men around me that I judged to be sort of healthy and safe um, but what I'm really noticing now is, is it's actually just a society thing as well you know like I, I don't see much of it in society men or women like this idea of um taking ownership and actually showing up and being around um so there was a lot of challenges for me and I kind of just acted like a bit of a donut through my teens and 20s and um yeah I, I started going to uh, a men's group and getting a bit of support around that and taking a look at how I was showing up in the world and it just made me think, fuck, you know, there's something that could be sort of done here. There's something I could do, something I can take responsibility for, something that I can, um, you know, an impact I can start having in the world that's positive and can have a ripple effect outwards. And that just started changing everything for me, seeing things like that. Yeah, it's almost like you take back the power and the control is what I'm hearing. And so you went into men's group what's how long ago was that when you started going experiencing and exploring men's groups um men's groups are probably about four and a half ish yeah, yeah four four and a half years ago now cool um yeah I kind of I went to a, a men's weekend and that just blew my mind like wow. I didn't know that you know people would come together to support in such a large container of people you know I just I, I knew about counselling and therapy and I'd done a few things like that before. Um, but, yeah, the idea that so many people would actually come together and, and how healing that space can be. Mm, yeah. 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 It's epic because, like, you know, it's such important work. And 
to be held accountable. Like I, I understand what sort of goes on in men's groups. Obviously I'm not a man, so I have not physically experienced what it's like, but hearing you talk about how, you know, you're taking accountability and responsibility and what I'm hearing is that there's a relationship between that and a healthy way of showing up in the world. So I'd love to hear about like what you were like prior to that and what shifted for you after you started to take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. What was I like before? Um, it, it's such a, it's it, yeah, the big smile on your face. Great. That <laughs> I can see you like <laughs> going over the past version of you. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, how much do I share? Where do I start? Um, it's like a different, I mean, it, it is, it's a different person. Of course it is. Um, I, yeah, there's part of me that I don't resonate with who I was. And there's so much still of me still alive, you know, like old patterns, behaviors, things that I thought I'd sort of healed and, you know, had dropped away and I'd grown up out of. And it's like, you know, oh, that's happening. Oh, okay, that's me feeling like a 10 year old again. Or that's me being a, 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 a bit of a donut in certain situations again, or whatever it is that shows up. But um, yeah, the guy that I was, I um, selfish is the first word that comes up for me. Like I was very much out for myself. I felt like I needed to sort of protect myself all the time. And that would Mm. normally show up as either running away from situations or fighting, staying there and fighting so that I felt more powerful or, um, yeah, I guess more of a man as well. You know, like I'm, I'm smiling as I say that because it's a little bit uncomfortable because my idea of what a man would do in those situations now isn't fight. It's actually, you know, hold myself with love and, and mm. centered and calm and however that shows up. Um, yeah, so I would get myself in a lot of situations, a lot of predicaments. Um, I was drinking a lot and, yeah, a lot of drugs, a lot of unhealthy behaviors that were having impacts that I had absolutely no idea about like I just didn't know you know I, I I didn't know and I didn't care is the truth actually I was just doing what was best for me whatever made me feel better more powerful better than on top and all of that kind of yeah idea of needing to be up here when I when in truth I actually I felt really shit about myself and I was just needing to sort of put on a facade so that um I felt like I could be accepted or or um <laughs> probably worshipped in some ways you know like it was a bit of a god complex thinking that I was amazing and the world revolved around me wow (laughs) obviously you've done some work on this to be able to sit there I mean there's more to do (laughs) (laughs) but um I'd like to think that the way that I um I show up is a is a lot more conscious and like I say there's always a shadow there's always something to to pull me back to humble me um and to continue doing my work around, I guess. But yeah, I um, the the last time that I lost my temper, I think was you know I can't even remember the last time I lost the temper, but it was a weekly thing for me. Like um, anger was something that I really struggled with when I was younger, and um, yeah, I just couldn't keep my I was always blowing my lid. I couldn't keep calm in any situation and I'd take everything personally, get really offended by anything anybody said. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's funny because as I speak about that now, I feel sad. And actually, there's a lot of love for that guy, you know, because he was struggling and he was doing his best at the time with very limited tools. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Li- yeah, very limited tools. Yeah. 
I was I was just on a call before this podcast and I was reflecting on my own younger self making mistakes doing things that I wouldn't do now and it's like the huge difference what I'm hearing in your story is the unconscious parts of ourselves and then bringing that forth into our conscious awareness and the transformation mm. of that so then when we do have a situation or experience present itself our old patterns or our old behaviors our unconscious you know outbursts of anger or whatever our default response or reactivity setting was set at um has evolved into a more aware like be, being more aware of alternative ways of behaving that mm-hmm. will create a different result to what we yeah have experienced in the past that's what I'm hearing your yeah I really like the way that you you um your use of the word like having a setting you know yeah. it's almost like there's a um something happens and there's a pre-designed reaction that's going to happen you know and it's like okay x happens then y then z and what i've really sort of experienced is spreading and slowing down that whole process to to actually go into almost like the control box of myself or you know like the um yeah the control room and 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 tinker around with some things and actually notice um that i've got choice you know there's it doesn't have to be this way there is a there is another way of being and 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 the, the exciting thing for me has been discovering that and I, I kind of said to you before at the beginning of this podcast that that's ever evolving and it will yeah I, I can't imagine that stopping changing it's kind of like I'm just along for the ride <laughs> yeah experiencing myself in each moment I mean like if it was that simple that we'd understand and you know get to a certain point of just being like totally in our just so fully aware not triggered basically mm-hmm. life would end way earlier than when it does <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's a whole process like life is a school and I feel like we definitely have different layers to it different things happen to us biologically with our hormones changing and then you know physically now experiences whether or not we choose to have children but like you know just the way that we evolve as humans it's there's, there's something that will present itself for us to learn from, I feel. Yeah, 100%. I think I think the more that I've learned to to listen, um, which is really what I've been learning a lot through the um, process work, psychotherapy that I've been learning, is that there's so many messages, so many like ways that spirit, God, whatever, whatever word you, you know, people feel comfortable using in that space, um, is trying to communicate constantly. And I yeah, I just had my blinkers on when I was younger. I think I was just like, <laughs> drink, party, have a good time. This is all I want to do. I just want to feel good, feel good all the time. And um, yeah, I think learning to actually deeply appreciate the moments when I don't feel so good, feel uncomfortable. And um, yeah, I feel the sadness or the anger and and actually knowing that oh, this is okay as well. I don't need to run away from it. Mm, I really like that. Like you don't know what you don't know, really. And yeah. so it's awesome. Um, like you said something about um, process psychotherapy and then you related it to um, God or spirit. So I'm really curious about like the correlation between what you're studying and learning to spirituality. Yeah, awesome. Um, so am I as well, is, is what I just want to say. Like I, I, I'm a real like sucker for learning and education and 
not so much academic. It's always been something that I've been a bit resistant to, but um, just learning about the world in different ways. I mean, you spoke to it at the, at the beginning when you sort of introduced me into this podcast, but it has been something that's always in like, I'm really, I've been really intrigued about being like a kid and wondering what makes people tick, why it makes them tick, what makes people be the way they are. Um, and going down this route and working with process work, it, it's what I really love about it. And people can go and find out what this is on Google, but my explanation of it um, is it creates an opportunity for me to allow all parts of myself to live. So we spoke about shadow a minute ago and, and there's definitely parts of myself that I've, <clears throat> I've hid or oppressed or denied and pushed them away. And I don't want anyone to see that because if they did, oh my God, what would they think? You know, I'd be the worst person in the world. Um, whereas with, with process work, what we actually do is we encourage people to embody and live out those, those inner, whether it's desires or, you know, just wants or needs. Um, and it might be like, it can show up as body symptoms, you know, so it might be, oh, my, my shoulder's really hurting and that might be a really benign thing and just like, oh yeah, that's interesting, go to the doctors. Whereas working with this um, this uh, modality, I love it because we, we go into the injury and go into the pain and what's that like? What's the, you know, oh, it feels like a jackhammer, feels like someone's jackhammering my shoulder, great. So then we embody that and actually become the person that's jackhammering. And there's something in that, there's a message, there's something that is happening to me, for me. So I get an opportunity to actually work with this thing rather than against it and try and push it away. And um, to go back to your question, the way that I see spirituality and combining into this is that there's something higher than me, a higher power or, or something that I'm being held by and guided by. And the more that I actually slow down and listen, the more I get an opportunity to to connect with that part of myself, of nature, of, of everything. You know, the world is constantly talking to me. And um, yeah, if I slow down enough, I can actually, I can begin to hear and communicate with it. That's how I see them intertwining. I love that. And I resonate with that so much. I, um, I had a friend share this really awesome quote with me the other day, and I feel like it's what you're speaking into. It's like, we move through these four stages. It's like what hap- It's like from moving from what happens to you to what happens for you to what happens through you to what happens so as you. So it's like what happens to me, for me, through me, as me. And it's like this, yeah, it's getting up to the point of building towards the point of understanding that we are creators. Like we are creating our reality and it's um, through our choice. We have mm-hmm. choices that we can change the needle or we can change the direction of our path, yeah. which I feel like is what you're, what you do is like em- empowerment coaching is that exact thing. So my next question to you is what does empowerment mean to you? <laughs> I love the first thing. I love what you just said. I love the idea of, um, yeah, choice is, is the huge sort of buzzword for me around empowerment. The idea that I actually have a choice. I don't have to do things this way. Um, and and I'm hearing in the four stages, like it being like a continuum, you know, like it's for me, it doesn't sound like a hierarchical thing where it's like, oh, once I've got over these ones, I'm then going to just be in, you know, everything comes through me all the time. I know for myself that, you know, I can go through a step where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is definitely happening for me. What can I learn? And then the next day I'll just be like, 
fucking this is happening to me what is going on i'm a big victim in this oh my god the world's terrible and then the next day it's like oh yeah this is coming through me for a reason you know it's it's like a complete cycle like being like a washing machine sometimes it feels mm, yeah i resonate with that yeah totally um and, and where i see empowerment coming in and what it means for me is um yeah getting not necessarily control but having opportunities and seeing opportunities um to make choices you know like the, the idea that i actually have all of i have everything i'm ever going to need in my body and my, my body is made up of so many amazing things so many bits of data and information and abilities and magic that i have no concept of absolutely no concept of we all you know we all walk around look at us we're incredible right there's we're on this planet we're walking around talking doing things creating things um i have everything that i need and 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 i know that for a large part of my life i was always reaching out to try and get something or take from other people what i think i needed or deserved um and, and yeah my the concept of empowerment and how i really love working with people is to remind them or at least be with them um to sieve through or get really curious about what's going on for them like there's no advice or guru-ness about me like i'm a totally normal person with a lot of shadows a lot of you know uh, learning opportunities of my own to go through um and just but being with somebody whilst you know and walking with them on their path and just deeply being curious um there's a real amazing sensation for me when I'm empowered in those moments when when I'm just asked a couple of questions and I get to go in and mine my own being and my own understanding like for me that's true empowerment when there's when I yeah when I find it within myself it hasn't been given to me or it's something that I've paid for or you know or someone's just sort of given me advice and I've gone and done what they've done I've actually got my own way of doing things and like fuck I mean that just excites me saying it you know I really res I resonate with everything that you're saying, obviously. Um, and the reason being is that I had this like when I went traveling in 2017, I went, I was away, I went traveling for like eight months and I went on a little pilgrimage. Nice. And then I'm in that experience, I I sat with plant medicines like ayahuasca and I had like, you know, it was a bit of a spiritual awakening experience for me. And I realized I was like, going through all the self-help books you know the story of a lot of people that are on this path and um what I discovered was like okay there's no one size fits all there is there's that inner compass that inner knowing that guides us on our journey and then I fell into a codependent relationship lost myself completely and then came out of that only to lose myself in an online cult and get codependent with the the spiritual leader in that who had this incredible tool that I still like draw from little bits of it. Cause there were some, there were some really awesome nuggets of, of gold that I resonated with. But what I realized was like the reason why this tool didn't really work for me was because it wasn't my own and it mm. worked for, so it worked for some people and it didn't work for others. And it was exactly what you just said. Like, and this is the belief that I developed and lost along my way because I had to lose myself because it was happening for me so that I could realize like all the things um, that we realize when we lose ourselves. And what I came to 
yeah, the conclusion that came to is exactly what you just spoke to is that like as a, as a coach as well, like my way isn't the way. It is a way of doing something just like your way isn't the way. It's just a way of doing something. And I really love that you guide people back to themselves and back to their inner voice and inner truth because that is truly the most empowering gift that somebody could ever receive and for you to hold and facilitate that space, just really wanting to acknowledge you in that um, and share some gratitude that you're doing that work and supporting people in that. It's incredible, especially around shame as well. Like I love the, the process psychotherapy approach of like bringing forth our shadows and just expressing those parts of ourselves and not allowing them to overpower us because we can also disempower ourselves right mm-hmm. yeah yeah 100 um yeah thank you for for what you just said it's it's really you know considering that we don't know each other personally too much it's really touching to hear that so thank you um yeah and and yeah i mean i, I absolutely adore it i let you know um shadow work has its own separate modality and and um sort of just to touch on what you were saying then I had a really amazing conversation last night um kind of turned into a a beautiful debate that was really yeah not sort of there were polarities but then the way that the debate sort of just emerged was that anything was welcome around that subject and it was really juicy it was great to hear different ways of people the way that their minds work or the way that they connect with the subject and um, yeah, we were talking about psychedelics actually, and, and the idea of bringing them into uh, psychotherapy or just into a medical sort of environment, environmental space. Um, and I, and what really landed for me in the conversation was that there are so many different technologies out there, like amazing technologies, whether it's from you know um, indigenous tribes, the type of plant medicine that they might use that connects with their land, their country, their culture, um, or other things like breath work. Um, whether it is mushrooms lsd ayahuasca coaching therapy counseling you know like there's there's so many different amazing tools out there meditation you know i mean i could go on right there's a huge list um and they're not all going to resonate with each individual you know it's not like a one size fits all oh yeah go sit with ayahuasca and she's going to teach you you'll be perfect so it doesn't work for some people you know their nervous system isn't built for it that and that's the way that is you know and counseling doesn't work for some people group work does group work doesn't you know so I think there's so many um varieties that it's part of for me the adventure and the excitement is knowing that I might work with somebody and it might not work for them like they just might be like no I don't like this I want to be told I want more advice I want this sort of stuff and um yeah I think I think it's a really beautiful thing because it just creates so much variety and it allows me to be deeper and you know more curious because I've definitely got you know, that part of me that's like, oh, yeah, I, I know what this person might need or, oh, you know, I'm projecting onto them that they're just like me and this will help them. And it actually excites me. It scares me and it excites me when it goes a completely different way. And then we're in, you know, in this different process that's just been made up and they're wanting to jump around as a bunny rabbit. And that's, you know, that energy of the bunny rabbit is the thing that is actually giving them the answers and supporting them. And I'm like, oh, man, I did not see that coming. That's just incredible. And, yeah, it just gives me so much more joy for for life and and what it can bring, you know. I love that. And just going back to the beginning of what you just said around the debate and the healthy conversation you had last night, like 
to be open and objective when discussing such matters is so like sitting in the space of um, openness and being able to receive and learn something new rather than holding attachment to our belief systems or our ideas of what and, and I, like they say like um, small-minded people talk about other people I don't know what it, you know that's that saying I don't yeah yeah the, yeah yeah I can't remember what it is but I know exactly great what minds discuss ideas yeah that's the one yeah great minds discuss ideas and I think that that's what your experience was like last night and then how that leads into just that, that how that's reflected in you and the way that you coach and what I'm hearing is that you support people with this space of curiosity or in the space of curiosity and not projecting which is really freaking hard to do as a human being to not project right because it's natural it's happening all the yeah. time 100%. Um, but then yeah entering that space of being like oh you're jumping around like a bunny rabbit okay cool I didn't see that it's awesome love that <laughs> yeah love that and this is the thing that I absolutely adore about process work it's it's, it's a, an umbrella modality so it has some gestalt therapy in there you know Taoism, and it speaks to so many different um cultural indigenous beliefs and systems and, and everything that comes through in that as well like the the spiritual side from that um and the one thing i really love is is that movement is a huge part of it and movement's been something that i've always loved like just always wanted to dance always yeah been even as i sit here now i use my hands to communicate right so there's a lot of um, I want to show pictures and give and to connect and create a relationship with my hands, with movement, my head, my facial expressions, you know. And and when we actually slow down and and get curious about those things, like, oh, what is that? When I do this, what is what is really opening my arms up mean to me? It might mean something completely different for you, but in this moment, I'm getting to experience myself on a level that I didn't even know existed because I was so stuck in the, you know, got to get this done, do, 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 do that I forget to be me but when I do and I stretch and I yawn and then it turns into me wanting to just open my arms it's like oh my god there's so much love in me right now because this is just life you know and yeah rather than you know it kind of goes to body language right you can read people's body language and understand and, and that's what really is um something that I love about process work is that just watching somebody be themselves and actually amplify and and encourage rather than be like no you shouldn't be like that you've got to be like this or oh you're in this relationship doing this no 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 that's wrong you've got to do it this way it's like well wait a minute what's right about the way that you're doing it oh you're trying to make connection fuck that's beautiful let's follow that you know and what 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 and, and that's the amazing thing in relationships all relationships friendships intimate relationships that my ways of being i'm actually i'm not trying to do this to hurt people where I'm not you know this action this behavior I'm not doing it to hurt I'm either doing it to protect myself or I'm doing it because it's the only way I actually know to make connection so how can I not shame myself but actually just fucking love the shit out of myself in that oh my god I love that you just took me on a journey and it's actually something I really needed to hear today so thank you <laughs> Isn't it funny how that tends to be the way sometimes, though? Yeah, the synchronicities, they just never cease to amaze me. They're just... <laughs> just <laughs> I needed to hear it too, so I'll probably listen to this back. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so true, though. Like, 
being able to embrace ourselves and, and something that we spoke about before we hit record was the value that we share in truth and authenticity mm-hmm. and being able to express ourselves with that authenticity because it, reality is like beneath that protective mechanism or that defense mechanism that we have installed there is that part like you said that is craving deeper connection and why is it that we hide that why is it that we disown that or or just shame ourselves for having that desire in the first place like where does that even come from yeah I mean I think it would be hugely individual for 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 most but what I know because this subject is really alive for me at the moment this idea of choosing to love myself rather than shame myself um what I know for myself is um especially within the course that it's a trauma-informed course so understanding trauma on a deeper level has been just yeah incredible really supportive for myself from a nervous system from my relationship um yeah so for me I know that there is my true authentic self and as as children I'm going to remember this the best we can uh, the best I can sorry or if we were to do it together that would be a lot easier for me (laughs) but um I when we're when we're children we have authenticity and attachment and they're the two things that we know and what happens with trauma is we generally give one of those up and there's a break. We have to break away from a part of ourselves. And that's the damage that, you know, that's the thing that happens inside. Um, and normally that thing is authenticity because we want to keep the attachment because, you know, there are caregivers, whoever it is that's that's loving us at that point in whatever love way love shows up. Um, we'll cut off being authentically who we are to keep that attachment because we want to be loved, right? It's just, I feel like it's an inbuilt thing in us. And when that happens, there's a break and a distortion. And what kind of happened for me was this split because, you know, I wasn't a perfect child as, as nobody is. <clears throat> and and because of the societal way, um, generally there's a lot of shaming, you know, naughty boy, bad gal, um, you know, go to your room, sit on the naughty step, all of these different things that kind of create isolation and doesn't sort of, doesn't sit and hold space because it's not anything I ever knew of. Um, Yeah. Like that just cut me off from a part of myself. And what I've noticed, the more I'm understanding is um, that in say my present day relationship, if there's like a mistake or something that I think that my partner's not going to be happy with, I've learned to just shut it off and just be like, Oh, I'm not going to show that part. You know, that, that, that part of myself, is going to get me in trouble and I'm going to go back to being that bad boy. So I'm just going to keep it away and shut it off. And that's painful because I I actually love, well, I don't, I don't consciously love that part of myself, but it needs love. You know, that little boy, he doesn't want to be showered at and reprimanded. He wants to be loved. And it's my work and my responsibility to love him so that I can actually move forward and be in the relationship wholly. And that's a fucking challenge. It's a real fucking challenge because this is it's trauma that we're working with here. You know, it's, it, you know, I heard you speak about the belief systems and the um, <clears throat> the protecting systems that we have. And yes, it's protecting me from being hurt, I guess, and more pain, which in, you know, in reality actually causes more because I'm still separating myself. There's still that tear and that split. Um, <clears throat> completely forgotten your question, but there is some talking for you. I don't even, I feel like we're just having a conversation, which I love. But, um, yeah, I just went into a little mind 
happen. Yeah, but it's so important to talk about trauma because this is something that I've also been learning in my own time as well. Um, and I'm noticing the more I learn about trauma, the more I see it in people and the way that they react and respond and behave and how that really dictates even myself. Like last weekend, I fully disassociated and I didn't even realize I was doing it until it was reflected back to me because it's just been a coping mechanism I've had since I was six. Mm-hmm. you know and it's been happening in the background unconsciously and I'm just like having a good time I'm doing my own process and whatever I'm just like oh yeah this is just how I deal with stuff and <sighs> and isn't yeah. it amazing as well though you know how the body knows to do that yeah. you know that there's something that's too overwhelming or the system's gone flip this lid and the and the body's just like cool I'm gonna chill out over here now I'm gonna zone out and it's you know it is amazing and it can have impacts and and we can work with it and that's the thing that excites me you know like there's I don't have to be like that it brings back that choice and that empowerment of oh actually my body knows you know um my body you know there's a book the, the body keeps a score which is phenomenal an amazing what idea it's what I'm really at the moment yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, it can be hard hitting as well right like there's but, a lot in it that's like oh <laughs> yeah it's a lot to receive and also he hits on some really controversial things around the mental health industry itself questioning mm-hmm. a lot of um the process work that not process work but the way that um the industry is anyway it's another conversation for another time oh god that's a big one that's, not that's a big one yeah <laughs> that's a big one but um I'm glad you're picking up what I'm putting down there <laughs> seems like we might be yeah. on the same page with that but yeah like noticing in a conscious relationship when there is an acute awareness to like the energetics that's been exchanged in a relationship and being like my partner and I are are primarily avoidant so we can feel that pull away when either one of us is disconnecting and the Mm -hmm. pain that that inflicts on the other person because we're hurting we're trying to protect ourselves and then like that also hurts other people um but then being able to approach it in a in objective way where it's like, okay, this isn't personal. And like, is that what you've recognized in your experience of understanding trauma that people are just, it's not ever personal. The way we respond and react, behave, show up mm-hmm. is our own experience for whatever reason, yeah. whatever we've experienced in life that's causing us to behave that way. Definitely. Yeah. And I think what, what I've noticed about trauma is, um, that we actually go back to the memory. So I'm not living presently, you know, like if there's a dynamic that's happening, I'm not present with, oh yeah, this person's just said this to me. Okay, I'll, I'll process that and that will go through. It doesn't work like that. You know, it's like a time machine. Something will happen, I'll get triggered and I'll split back to when I was six years old and I didn't get the toy that I wanted or something, you know, and it's, you know, whatever, tra- however trauma shows up, you know, there's, there's you know, acute trauma, there's huge trauma and chronic trauma that's contest can consistent um but yeah it's amazing how it just will suck me back into a memory and my body's stuck in that memory and that's where it's my responsibility you know that's where 100 my my mentor who is an absolute gem and has changed my life just a a beautiful man um he speaks of 100 responsibility 100 of the time and that's really challenging for me because you know there are those moments I want to go into my little strop and have a sulk and be like no this person done this to me but it's like well what can I take responsibility for here oh I can actually take responsibility for my reaction or or the fact that I've got some work to do here and if I'm going to put myself into conscious relationships or 
or any relationship or a work environment where I'm expected to perform. It's my responsibility to 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 learn to make choices or or to educate myself around. Oh, I actually do have a choice here, you know, because for me that's how I can move forward and live and create the life that I really want, rather than being stuck, which is what it can feel like sometimes for me, you know, a heavy, you know, it's amazing how many symptoms show up in my body. Um, and the more I listen to it, I can actually work with them. Yeah. Yeah. I think Go on. Sorry, I was just going to say, you started to touch on the sort of pharma, um, you know, the medical environment and stuff like that. And one thing that I have actually sort of stopped doing is is trying to use painkillers as much as, as I have, you know, for, even if it's a simple headache. But the what I've really learned through process work is if I've got a headache, I can, sounds a bit different, but well, I love the fact that it sounds different, actually. I was about to make an excuse for it. Um, but go into the headache, you know, go into the pain because there's something that's trying to come through and it might be James, drink some fucking water, <laughs> you know, or James, yeah. get off your phone, but at least I can hear it. If I take the painkillers and it numbs, um, then I'm, I can't be as in connection with my body and what's actually trying to happen here. And by no means am I telling people, you know, don't take any painkillers if you're in severe pain. Of course, these things are amazing and we can use them. Um, and I, I'm hearing you. I, yeah, totally. Yeah. And there's a real beauty about being curious about what's really happening for my body and what it might be trying to tell me. Yeah, I totally agree. I had this like shoulder injury. It's been flaring up a lot for me this year. And it's this is the first year I've, I mean, I've, yeah, I've been full time in my business before, but this is the year where I'm able to self-sustain and, and not borrow money and, you know, what it's like starting your own business, right. blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the left side, I'm like, oh, the feminine, like slow down, slow down, slow down. I, I was in extreme agony over the last few days, particularly because it's flared up again and it's all the muscles have contracted and seized up and it's like this constant looking down at my phone and healing mm. that I'm also working through at the moment. But I'm here, like the body does keep the score and it's not obvious. And and I've, I, yeah, I feel like dealing with, um, I just love what you've said because I actually took painkillers. So I'm laughing at myself. I took painkillers because I was in so much pain but the painkillers didn't do anything at all like they did not stop the pain I was like I'm really good to actually sit with this and feel it <laughs> and I had I had a pity party left yesterday morning I was like this sucks like I, I just went into the sulkiness I was like I'm just gonna feel sorry for myself for five minutes I didn't put a timer on or however long I just felt sorry for myself and being able to move through that and feel that just allowed me to get on with my day instead of like shaming that part of myself as well which leads me to this next thing that I'm really curious about because I'm hearing you um I feel like you're practicing what you're about to what you're teaching people around shame is like yeah what what is this um tell me about uh you'll have to remind me of the name it's shame less yeah 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 Yeah. um and it's funny uh, I think I heard you starting to say then that I'm teaching people or I'm, I'm getting an opportunity to practice what I'm teaching. And it's very much kind of like that, you know, like I, I started this, this course used to be called sexual self-pleasure. And when I sort of um, started learning these tools and, and pieces, for me, it was very much about sex. I wanted to be better in bed. I wanted to 
have better sex. I wanted to, you know, it was all about me being bigger and better and, and more than I already am. And um, what's kind of evolved from this course, working with my mentor and a good friend of mine, is that we've really sat in deep, you know, debates and conversations about what is this thing? You know, what's showing up here? Because every time we've gone through this course, um, personally, because we go through with the men as well, but but sitting and facilitating, we just learned so much. And it, and it evolved into shameless self-pleasure because it's definitely the route that's showing up. You know, like I... I with you know self-love self-pleasure the idea for me is how can I understand myself and how my body works to just deeply fall in love with myself because as soon as I love myself it gives me more of an opportunity it gives me more access to love another you know so so for me beginning with myself and actually appreciating my body gives me more of an opportunity to appreciate another body you know whether it's a man or a woman in my life whoever it is I'm connecting with um, I'm not looking to get something from them. So something we really noticed was that men were just speaking and sounding and feeling safer because they weren't needing to, you know, feel good or fuck someone to get something because they were already enough. They were already loved. And this is an ongoing practice. You know, this isn't a one and done thing. Every time I go through, I learn something more about myself. And I'm just like, whoa, mind blown. Like, fuck, you know, there are so many layers of shame that I sit in, as do a lot of society. And how can I just keep sort of dropping deeper and deeper and deeper to get to the core and an essence of love that I, you know, want to be in? It's, it's, it's my truth. Like, you know, I'm, I'm love. I'm made from love. How can I be there and relate from that space? Oh my god, I love that. This is why it's called the Deep End Podcast. <laughs> yeah. So deep. Very relevant. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it's like asking ourselves why. Why am I doing what I'm doing? That's what I'm hearing as well, like in your experience. And it also sounds like you have an awesome mentor. <sighs> yeah, so his name's Steve Hill. He's um he's an absolute legend. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh... Shout out to Steve Hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big shout out. Big shout out. I think mentors uh, are so important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I um. Yeah, it's it's definitely been something that's been um amazing, and and what I really appreciate is that it's not um. Again, he doesn't give me answers. He'll he'll support me to find my own, and and within that creates my own leadership in life. You know, it's a real um, it's a real special place to be in, and and knowing that. I'm also showing up as a mentor for him. You know, he's, he's, I think he's about 20 years older than me and, and obviously got an amazing life experience and I've also got mine and that's, what's really great here. You know, I'm, I'm there's a, there's like a validation for me being me. I, I think one of the first, um, one of his catch lines that he uses a lot within is the way that he works is oh, I believe in you more than you do until you do. Oh, that's beautiful. Look at your smile. Right? I oh, know. Well, it's it's got me through some hard times. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, you know, and that's what's really in, in, encouraged me and empowered me to to move into this space and be like, fuck, you know, I want to, I want to do this. Like, if I've got, you know, there's a natural ability that I learned as a kid through my own experience to read and understand people. How can I use that in a way that's actually really going to support, rather than you know, a lot going back to who I used to be. There's a lot of manipulation. A lot of knowing how to get what I wanted you know and it's like well manipulation doesn't have to be a bad thing it can actually be a really beautiful thing yeah I'm hearing you on that I've 
I've been reminded of this a lot actually lately around um, manipulation, particularly like with the work that I do in terms of understanding how to relate with each other from mm-hmm. a space of awareness of what works best for the opposite sex, for example, like in the way that we communicate, you know, and there yeah. is somewhat a level of manipulation in that. And that's not a bad thing. And I like that you've said that it's not a bad thing because it's it, when it's unconscious, right? This is the thing when it's unconscious and you're doing it in a way that is like um, not being aware of how it impacts other people. That's when it gets a little bit, it's, it's a shadow. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, when you're yeah. consciously aware of it and it's for the greater good and the intentions are pure and it's coming from a place of love, like it's a totally different different space to be in, different frequency. Yeah, very much, very, very much. And and just to go back to the, the course and the piece you were talking around there, um, something that's really special is, um, you know, that like I said, there's tools and, and other processes and other things we'll speak about but mainly what the course is, is actually sitting in, in conversation so that we can, you know, there'll be questions and they're open questions so we can all get an experience for who we are in whether it's around masturbation, what that's actually meant to me. Why do I do it? You know, that's a huge, it's a huge question because it's like, fuck, why do I do this thing? And I've done it for what, 30 odd years of my life or however long it's been. Um, but to actually stop and slow down and get curious about what it is, what do I get from it? What am I benefiting from doing this? And, and how's it impacted me? Like, these are amazing questions. And it's, um, you know, tailed in with a, a process that, that we invite men of a way of connecting with their body, which is taking a lot longer. You know, I mean, most men, I feel confident, would, would say would masturbate between, you know, three to five minutes or something like that. Whereas this process is is drawn out and it slows everything down with the invitation to just notice you know, notice what you notice, notice what happens in your body when you do this or you touch there, or if you don't touch there, what happens then, you know, does your mind go to, I've got to go there. That's the, that's the one space I've got to go because I need to come and finish. And that's, you know, then everything's done and dusted. Whereas by spreading and elongating these things out, there's actually so much more to experience myself. You know, I get to experience myself. It's so interesting because what I understand about men and the male brain and the biology from what I've studied in research is that there is a huge, um, you're orientated towards goals, typically speaking, stereotypically speaking, generally speaking, just going to say that, (laughs) but men and the male brain is orientated towards goals. So what I'm hearing is that you've shifted the goal. It's no longer about climax, orgasm, ejaculation. It's like the goal becomes how much pleasure or what can you, what not pleasure, but like what is the goal now? Actually, I'm not going to make an assumption here. I'll let you answer the question. Oh, it's great. And it kind of makes me realise that, um, more than shifting it, it's actually kind of removing the idea of there being a goal and and more so inviting men to just be in whatever is happening. And that might mean sitting and doing a self-pleasure practice and not getting an erection. And then well, what, what do you notice when you don't get an erection? You know, what 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 does that what stories does your body create? What stories do, do you create? Like what does that now mean about you? And actually breaking down all of these levels of shame, you know, like it's okay to not get hard that's absolutely fine because it's a different process and you know and and I think that's where the shameless part comes in because the more that I get to experience myself 
um, I can drop deeper into shame because then I think I'm broken or I'm wrong because I'm not doing it the way that I've seen on porn or, or my mates talk about it in the locker room or whatever it is. So to, to then come back and integrate these experiences and sit deeply in a conversation in a safe space that we, that we really spend time to make sure that everybody's as comfortable with some discomfort because that's good for growth um, to, to talk about these things. And the more that I shine a light on them, the less that I, I have to painfully hide them and repress them. So yeah, it's like a, like I said, every time I go through this as a facilitator, I learn. It just dropped Ooh. out for a second. Yeah, no, yeah, you said that you learn as a facilitator, you learn as you go through it. Yeah, so much, you know, and 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 learn so much more about um well just each individual, you know, and how different we all are and the similarities as well, you know, like there's a real loose framework that um that we offer. And in that space a man has the opportunity to experience himself, not not, you know like a cookie cutter oh yeah by the end of this you'll be able to do this this and this I can't guarantee that what I do know is that you'll have a deeper relationship with yourself and that that's gonna you know encourage deeper relationships in the in the outer world and for me that's I mean that's a pretty fucking beautiful thing yeah you're teaching embodiment and it's a gift and like as a woman being on the receiving end um in in with an intimate partner who has done that work it the presence is second to none like it's it's an it's a totally different experience of being able to share that and it's not about the goal or whatever it is it's just being able to witness each other shamelessly in that space Mm -hmm. experience all those things that you've spoken into whatever comes up whatever doesn't come up and like you know all that sort of stuff like it's just it's beautiful yeah yeah it really is the the more opportunity I get to drop the stories that I can carry that keep me away from being present the the lighter and freer life gets uh you know before we chatted as well before this podcast you spoke of freedom being something that is a value of yours I'm telling myself and um yeah it's, it's my freedom is a huge thing for me as well so the more that I get to feel free in any situation in life the more exciting it gets that's I love that because freedom means so many different things to so many people and I think what we share is the belief that being able to feel free in the moment Mm -hmm. free within ourselves free from our mind free from the story free from the shame free from all the things that limit us from being truly and authentically expressed in this moment yeah oh yes yeah Yeah, wow speaking my language yeah, so <laughs> I'm so grateful that you're doing a course like this, teaching it's men, right? You're teaching women as well. Like I, I feel no, like no. So this is just men. Just men, uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And um, yeah. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> there's women listening to, to chat, this. Like, yeah. <laughs> pardon. I said thanks for the opportunity to chat. You know, it's really um really nice to get to just express these things and you know and and hear some things come out of my mouth for the first time as well you know I get to experience more of myself which I've probably said about 15 times now but wow that just it lands for me you know it really does like every day I I, um yeah get to know myself a little bit better and that's can be really fucking scary but it's also yeah pretty sweet 
it's fun. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it gets to be fun. And then, yeah, sometimes it can be really confronting. Like, oh, shit, does this part of me okay? Yeah. Um, All right, I'll spend the next month doing that. <laughs> uh, it's, um, yeah, it's really cool. And, like, I want to start changing the narrative, you know. Like, I had this revelation this week of, like, the dialogue or the monologue or the conversation and the, the narrative is this, that, like, sex is taboo and self-pleasure is taboo. But I want to start casting spells and say that it's no longer taboo. Sexuality is no longer taboo. We're entering a new phase, a new paradigm. We're starting to celebrate this. So one of the questions I had, and I don't know, I think we're at time, um, but... One last question I wanted to ask you is where do you see, it was actually, let's talk about self-pleasure and why this topic is so taboo between men, but I just, mm. yeah, I mean, do you have an answer for that? <laughs> it's a great one to cram in at the end. Um, cram at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's so many different things here. For me, when I was younger, the word pleasure was it was related that's what women done you know when they had baths or they got pampered and all that sort of stuff as much as I'm a massive fan of getting pampered it was you know it was effeminate to do that and it wasn't something that that men done generally so to to pleasure myself um yeah just didn't link it there was no connection for me um so it almost felt like I wasn't being a man if I really spent time enjoying myself feels so foreign to sort of speak and hear hear come out of my mouth now but but it was the truth you know I, I um I just wouldn't sit around and talk with my mate that's a lie actually after the age of about 14 15 I wouldn't when the sort of shame came in and it was like oh this is actually something I need to hide away but a lot of my experiences when I was younger we're we're in the same room as other guys you know and we talk about um we'd swap sort of magazines or whatever it was you know there's this real freedom in it real like liberating, excited. Oh my God, there's this new thing. My penis does this. Wicked. You know, like it was Ooh. so exciting. And then as I got older, it became, shit, this is something I probably shouldn't talk to people about. Oh, I'm going to hide this away. Oh, I can only do this with, in my life experience, I can only do this with women, you know, and that's okay. Um, so I think, you know, there's so many societal things out there that's like, this is what guys are. Whether you look at movies or um, movies, books, porn, it's like, this is the way it's done. And if you don't do it this way, you're wrong or weird, or you should feel really bad about that. You know, that's the concept that kind of is out there. So yeah, I love what you're saying about let's change the narrative. And for me, that happens in conversations like this. Yeah, you know, totally. There's a different way of doing it. Cool. I really love that. Thank you. And you're based up in the northern, northern Sydney. So I'm really curious, like, are you still doing men's groups? Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's three men's groups in Sydney. There's one in Enmore, there's one in Bondi, and there's one on the northern beaches where I um, live. Um, it's the Mankind Project, if anybody's interested to reach out. There's a bunch of guys that are just incredible all over Australia. There's a bunch up around your area as well that are good friends of mine. Um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, um, beautiful space to just come and connect. You know, it's, there's no, it's super affordable. And for me, <clears throat> the experience of sitting in a group and hearing people just speak some truth, it's, it's liberating, you know, it allows, allows parts of me to just sort of move up a bit and, and shake about and actually live. Um, yeah, it's highly recommended to any guys that are listening and any women that are listening that, you know, are wanting their guys to sort of just get uh, a bit of support. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah or, or that, right? It's yeah. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, it's um, I understand the discomfort because I've been there, and um, yeah, give it a go if it feels right. Just trust that feeling is what I, what I probably say. And so, how can thank you so much for sharing that? That was incredible. Trusting that feeling, yes, I um, that's that's trust that inner voice. It's mm -hmm. a nice little reminder. Um, how can people find you? Where can they find you? On Instagram is the main platform I'm working on at the moment. Um, so Modern Man on Instagram um, and Modern Man on Facebook. And on the link on my bio uh, is different ways that people can work with me. I work with men and women. And I'm also, this is a great point, actually, um, because I'm training in process work, I'm going to be opening up um, some super heavily discounted sessions um to work with this and work with what's alive so if anybody's interested by anything that's been said then yeah please hit me up because i'm going to be um doing some small group work as well because it's all about working with what's alive in groups um yeah awesome. awesome how fun it sounds like so much fun so much fun um yeah i just want to thank you so much for joining me on this podcast and it's been such a pleasure getting to know you beyond the you know, Instagram platform and the content that I see. I just really, really enjoyed your raw authenticity and, um, yeah, the information that you've shared. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I mean, for me, it just started off with brilliant permission at the beginning to not be perfect and, and to, you know, just be super real. So, I, um, yeah, it means a lot to me. It's nice to sit in a space like this and connect. Yeah, definitely. And, it, yeah. Full circle though, like I feel like we haven't, it was not full circle, we've just had, well, yeah, yeah. we've just had a great conversation, it's been quite, quite chill and very um, seamless, but yeah, thank you and thanks everybody for listening and I'll catch you on the next podcast.